thank him for his grace and mercy. Just do that this morning, please. You overcome 
Yes, let's give him his praise this morning because you are worthy, Lord. You are the one that breaks our chains. You are the one, Lord, that we need, and it is all. How can it be? It was by the cross, Lord. God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for Jesus going to the cross and dying for us. Love so amazing. The picture of a perfect love. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. 
Father, we know at the cross is where you have provided everything for us. You have provided our healing, Lord. You have provided our deliverance from this world, Lord. God, Father, I just pray that if there's anyone here right now that has a need, that only you and the blood of Jesus that was shed at the cross can handle. Lord, I just want to ask you right now, if you have a need, just come up to the front row. Come to the cross because he has provided for it today. There's nothing that we're dealing with that he hasn't already dealt with in our favor. If you need a healing touch from God, if you need his peace in a situation, I pray that you would come and just give it to him at the cross. Praise you, Lord. We just want to lift you up. Father, we know that you are the only one that can meet our needs. I'll just give you a moment. If there's anything here that you need to lay at the foot of the cross today, just come. Just take the step of faith. He wants to give you every good and perfect thing today. Lord God, we thank you. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your healing touch. Thank you for your delivering power. Thank you for your saving grace and your mercy, Lord. Thank you for your grace and mercies that are new every day. Thank you, Lord. We know you and the cross is the only way. You use the cross to just bridge us to you, Lord. Pastor Rich, if you want to come and if anybody wants to be prayed with or hands laid on, we can do that. Just, you can be seated, but stay in a state of worship because God is moving and he's working in this place and we want his spirit to be free to do that. So please continue to pray, agree in prayer as we just continue to praise you, Lord. We know that in your presence is joy, perfect joy, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. At the cross. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you. I'm in all of you. Where your love and my sin. anyone here who has never surrendered their life to you, Lord, I pray that they would sense their need right now. Lord, if your spirit is not living in them and they do not have the power of your spirit in them, Lord, I pray that they would just come. They would come to you, Lord, and receive what you have for them today, your eternal life-changing power, your spirit, Lord, your presence and dwelling in them every day. God, I thank
thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. you care for every hair on our heads. There is nothing too small to bring to you, Lord, to bring to the foot of your cross.
But you did the cross. You did everything. And you provide every need that we have, Lord. Thank you, Father. I thank you that you provide for our physical needs. I thank you that as we give to you, Lord, you give it back to us. We're giving to you and you give back to us, Lord. As we come and give our offerings and our tithes today, Father, we just pray that you would just supernaturally touch them. Use them for your kingdom, Lord. Use them to bring you glory. We just want to see the nations rising up and praising you, Lord. And I know this is a little token, Father, but you can do great and mighty things with it. So as an act of obedience and trust, we give to you. We give to you cheerfully. We want to run and give you back everything, Lord, because it is all from you. Thank you, Father. Bless it. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Blind Bartimaeus. He was blind. Jesus is like, what's all that commotion? They said, oh, don't pay no attention. That's that poor blind beggar over there. Jesus says, bring him to me. They brought that blind man to Jesus. And guess what he asked him? Now, when you see people that are blind, you generally can tell they're blind. Jesus looked at blind Bartimaeus and he says, what do you want? Bartimaeus, what do you want? Blind Bartimaeus says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Bam! The very presence of God released it on him. What do you want? What do you need? What do you need? Your Father can meet your need. He created us. He made us strong. You know what? Faith. And I'm not going to hammer us with faith. This is just a little primer. I'm going to get started here shortly. This little primer. Faith. Faith is a currency of heaven. Faith. That's why Jesus stressed faith. Do you believe that I can do it? Yes. But then there's a second part of that. Do you believe that I will do it for you? Whoa. That's another avenue. Do you believe that I can do it for you? Faith is a currency of heaven. Fear. Fear is a currency of hell. Fear attracts demons. Fear attracts disease. Fear attracts everything we don't want. But faith, faith draws in the atmosphere of heaven into our atmosphere. God is in another realm. 
It's true, he inhabits our realm in the presence of his spirit, but God dwells where God dwells in his realm. If you want to conduct a transaction and you need your father, we have the ability within us through the Holy Spirit to release, to release the atmosphere of heaven into earth. All power and authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Both realms belong to me, Jesus Christ says. Both realms. All authority my Father has given to me. I have the authority of heaven. I have the authority of earth. All authority is given unto me. Therefore, go ye into all the world, and I am with you. Go into all the world. Everything the Father has, guess what He's done? He's given to Jesus. Guess who Jesus gave it to? Us! Poor little beggars! He gave it to us. Do you know why? Because we're sons and daughters. We're sons and daughters. We can have a lot of good stuff. And I believe one of the most awesome things when we get to heaven will be when He shows us, number one, how much He protected us, but number two, how much more we could have had if we could have learned how to access what the Father has. Wherever Jesus walked, there was no lack, was there? Was there ever a lack where Jesus walked? That's a trick question. I'm tricking you. Was there ever a lack where Jesus walked? No. Only in one place there was a lack. Only in one place he couldn't raise the dead. Only in one place he couldn't make limbs grow. Only in one place he couldn't heal leprosy. Where was that at? In his hometown. It says that the lack was on their part because they saw Jesus as a little bastard boy. They saw Jesus as Mary's son. They didn't see him in full power like the rest of the communities round about. Jesus says a prophet is only without honor in his own town and around his own people. I want to tell you something. We can get some good things. We can get some good things if that's what we need. Let's invite our Father to come. We know he's always here, God. We know you're always here. We know that you're always here. We know that you live within us. But we ask and look, Father, for a greater awareness of your presence this morning. Father, I thank you that the songs and the singing and the prayers were on grace. Grace. That which we did not deserve, we got. That which you did not deserve, you took. Father, grace upon us, God. Father, I ask that you would continue to guide our hearts, continue to fill us, and release your presence within us, God. We know, Father, that having you within us is all that we need, Father, for everything in this life that we will face. God, I ask that you calm our hearts, put peace deep down within us, open our ears, as Jesus says, that the things that we will hear will go in our ears and go down deep into our hearts and our spirits, God. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Father's heart as seen through Jesus. I like that pretty good. The Father's heart as seen through Jesus. Jesus. How many did you ever think of it this way? Jesus. If you want to know who God is, all you got to do is look at the life of Jesus. 
Jesus is perfect theology. How do you like that? People go to seminary to learn theology. You want a lesson in theology? Start watching Jesus and see what Jesus did. Theology, the teaching of God. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. When you look at the Old Testament, we could go, Woo, he was pretty, pretty wild back then, wasn't he? Well, he was. Because the people says, we want to live out of law. We don't want to live out of relationship. Remember that? God told Moses, you gather the children of Israel at that mountain and you prepare their hearts and I will come down and I will talk to them as a father talks to his children. And it says because the presence of God was so awesome, Israel drew back. Moses could not get them to move forward to the presence like he did. They drew back. And God says the people need to come to where I am if I am to fellowship with them. Moses told the people, they say that man scares us. We don't want to live out of that. You hear what he says and then you tell us. Guess what God said? God says if you want to live out of law, you can live out of law. But it's better to live out of presence. So the children of Israel chose to live out of law. And the soul that sins, the law condemns. The God you saw in the Old Testament that appeared to be angry was not his heart. God's heart has always been toward us. God's heart has always been towards you. If you want to know how God feels about you this morning, you've got to look at how Jesus dealt with people. If you want to know how God feels and if He feels your pain and if He loves you more than anything else in this world, you've got to watch what Jesus did. Because Thomas said something. Was it Thomas? Philip. One of those brothers. I get those apostles mixed up. i got seven children and I mix their names up all the time. I have no hope of figuring the 12 apostles out. It was one of them guys. It was either Philip or it was Thomas. Some of my children, I'll call them my names. I'll go through all seven of them before I hit the right one. You know how I know I hit the right one? Dad. They finally let me know when I hit the right one. I can see it in their eyes. Boom. Finally you got to me. It's not a thing of love. It's a thing of humanity. I love all my children. I paid for every one of them. Of course I loved them. I paid for every one of them with my hard-earned dollars, so I love them. You spend your money on that which you love, so I love them. Yes, even Aaron. <laughs> Boys, whoo! Now, oh, okay. If you want to know who God is, watch Jesus. Now, I'm going to play a little video up here, and when I do, I would like you to uh, give me some feedback afterwards of what stood out in this video, this story. It's Jesus' encounter with the woman taken in adultery. So we're going to play this for you, and you give me some feedback. Volumes. Early the next morning, he went back to the temple. All the people gathered round him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman who had been caught committing adultery, and they made her stand before them all. Teacher! This woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. In our law, Moses commanded that such a woman must be stoned to death. 
Now what do you say? They said this to trap Jesus so that they could accuse him. But he bent over and wrote on the ground with his finger. As they stood there asking him questions, he straightened up. Whichever one of you has committed no sin may throw the first stone at her. Then he bent over again and wrote on the ground. When they heard this, they all left, one by one, the older ones first. Jesus was left alone with the woman still standing there. He straightened up. Where are they? Is there no one left to condemn you? No one, sir. Well then, I do not condemn you either. Okay, what stood out to you? Wow, so true. What else? Sure. Excellent. Anyone else? What? Yeah. Mm. Second chance. Mm. God of second chances. God who forgives us. Anybody else? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody else? Okay. 
committing the sin of adultery under that economy was one of the worst sins you could commit. That and homosexuality was often classed closely together with that one. Some of the worst sins you could commit in that economy. So here we have a worst case scenario brought into the presence of our Lord. Brought into this presence not because these religious leaders were seeking redemption for this woman, not because these pastors were seeking to have her restored, not because these pastors had a heart for that woman, but because these pastors were laying a trap for Jesus. The interesting thing that I see in this story that challenges me, and all of the things you said were so correct, But the thing that challenges me in this story, since Jesus is the exact representation of the Father, since the Father has not withheld the Spirit by measure unto Him, but has given Him all of Himself, since God was in Christ reconciling the world on the cross unto Himself, I see in that picture Jesus with that woman, not an exchange between Jesus and that woman, but a, a, a... relationship, a exchange, a intimacy between a father, the heavenly father, and his daughter. That's what I see in that picture. How do you know who God is? Watch Jesus. Watch Jesus. You know, we're in trouble and Christians are shaking and we full well deserve to be shaking in our boots because how we have treated those that we consider spiritually inferior to us. Payday, someday. I'll tell you what, what you sow, you reap. Jesus, worst case scenario, what did He do? That is how the Father is. A transaction a relationship, an exchange between a father and his daughter. And that's what we want to look at this morning, shortly. I see a, a, a story here of how God relates to his children, especially the naughty ones. Now, some of us are good and we don't really need anyone. <laughs> Jesus says to a certain group of people, he says, I really can't do anything for you because you're pretty good. As a matter of fact, your righteousness is almost rivaling mine. He didn't quite say that, but we get the jest. You're good. You don't need anything. But I see an exchange of how God deals especially with the naughty ones. You know, when I was a young boy, I was good sometimes. And my my mother would often say, you wait till your daddy gets home. You just wait. See, because she would go get a switch off the tree and she'd switch me. I want to tell you something. I don't care how big that switch is. They can't, okay, I'm not going to get, I hope I don't get myself in trouble with the women. But there can't hardly no woman, no mother, switch a switch and swing a stick like dad can. At least the ones I grew up with. Because my mom would beat me and the thing that would make her most upset is I'm smiling the whole way through it, trying to look sad so it don't keep going. But since I'm a little rebel, I'm a boy. I'm made to lead. I got to learn how to handle pain. So when mama's switching me and I'm going around in the circles, I'm chuckling. And boy, does she get upset. So when that didn't work, then she called the big gun into play. You wait till your daddy got home. 
That straightened me up. Because if I knew one thing, my dad was an extension of my mother's word. And you didn't. You didn't get into it with your father. You know, they got a problem with adolescents and boys in America. It's really easy to correct. We need to pass a law. Don't abuse your children, but fathers, you can spank them real good. My dad would tear my behind up, man. And I mean, he would, he would actually get caught for child abuse. Today it would be. One day I was at the top of the stairs, and I mouthed off at my mom. I didn't know my dad was hearing me. I wasn't real mean. I just told her, shut up or something. Normally I went and talked. Out of nowheres, this man appeared. How my father got from the bottom of that step to the top of that step and hit me and knocked me down that step, no lie, whacked me. By the time I rolled down and got to the bottom, he was there. <laughs> Superman. He would have got caught for child abuse. My dad lifted me up and says, you'll never talk to your mother like that again. And then welled the tar out of me. And I never did talk to my mother like that again. They say that, that drives your children. Well, I don't know. Maybe it did. Didn't with me. I spent five weeks when my father was dying. I loved every minute that I spent with him because we had a connection that few boys don't know anything about. I loved my daddy because everything he did, he did redemptively, even when he beat on me. Now, I don't even know why I'm even saying that. But besides the point, <laughs> let me go find out where I'm at again. Oh, if you heard it once or a thousand times, wait till your daddy gets home. Now, I want to say this. My mom didn't really mean it the way it sounded, but it struck fear into me. I didn't want none of them whoopings, even though I loved him. Took us fish and did all that. What should have been a relationship categorized by love, my mom was throwing a little fear in there. That's not always so good. That's not always so good. These men here, actually in 1 John 4, 18, I don't have no time, but I would like to read that sometime. It says that perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. He that is tormented is not made perfect in love. I want us to hear that. I want us to hear that, especially those of us that need a healing touch inside or outside from our Father. We can go to Him and ask Him anything we want. We can, we can knock on His door day or night. Matter of fact, Jesus even gives us license to just be annoying. Is that not right? He says, like the unjust judge. There was an unjust judge. People think that means that the judge didn't judge rightly. No, it didn't. It was a judge in Israel that if there was grievances between two parties, he would judge what was right. And, and Jesus says, just as that woman wasn't getting a fair hearing, she thought, she kept nagging at the judge and nagging at him and ragging on him day and night and day and night. And he says, this woman is wearying me. I will arise and hear her case and rule in her favor. How do you like that? Because I am tired of hearing from her. So it is with you if you need a touch from your father. Cry out day and night. That's what I'm saying, man. If we need something, now is not the time to go, Oh, righteous heavenly Father, we thank you that you're all this and all that. Now, God, Lord, Papa, I need something. I'm in trouble. 
And be obnoxious about it, man. Be obnoxious about it. Can I say that? That's what Jesus said. Weary him day and night. It's okay to do that. It's okay to do that. You have not because you... Woo! I like that. I think we need to be less obnoxious with each other and more obnoxious with God. That don't sound right, does it? You know what I mean. Let's let our Father know that we need something. I'll tell you. My children have done that. I got one girl. I'm not going to mention who she is. She looked at me. Out of all my girls, that one made eye contact with me. I don't have to say their name. They know who it is. Weary. I will do stuff. You show favoritism with that one. Well, no, really, I don't. It's just that she just doesn't let go until she gets what she needs. She is very, look at her. You can tell which one's laughing. Watch the show. <laughs> now he let my secret out. She is very biblical in her approach. Let me get my father's attention and not let go. Not let go. Hallelujah. Well, I got to be getting ready to close. So. Anyway, a relationship, a relationship marked by intimacy, closeness. You know, it's like this. When you get to know someone really good, then you feel a lot more free to approach them when you need something. Isn't that right? That's what I think is missing all too often in our encounters with our Heavenly Father. Yeah, we pray maybe sometimes, and sometimes we read the Word, and sometimes we do this, and sometimes maybe we'll talk to Him about this, and sometimes, and sometimes, and sometimes. Then when we're needy and desperate, do we know how to get His attention? Let me give you a secret. I'm 54 years old. I just learned this one the other day. I have spent a lot of time trying to learn how to move God. That sounds weird, don't it? But it's true. Because when I read the Bible, it seemed very commonplace for the Apostle Paul to be able to get an answer. It seemed very commonplace for Jesus to be able to get an answer from the Father. It seemed very commonplace for John to be able to get an answer. I think it ought to be commonplace. We ought to be able to get some answers. The other day I was listening to one of my favorite preachers, one of the only few men I actually trust. I won't say his name because I don't want us tripping over names and going and Google him because I want to tell you something. The good one's got big bullseyes on them. Big bullseyes. The reason they got a big bullseye is because they're targets of the enemy and targets of lukewarm Christians. <laughs> That's why they got a big bullseye on them. So I'm not even going to mention no names. One guy asked me, hey, what's his name? I said, hey, I ain't telling. Never tell the names. He says, and I've been working on this thing of prayer for about 10 years, and he told me something that I took to heart. He says, you know what? He says, if you're praying to God and talking with Him, 
and there's nothing happening and you're not getting an answer, try changing a subject. He says, ask God what he wants to talk about. He says, and then watch what happens. I thought, that sounds real simplistic, but I'm going to go try it. So I was out there on my little patio, and I prayed about five subjects, and I was just talking. And it's okay. My father, one time I fell asleep in his presence. I was talking to God, and I actually fell asleep. And I woke up about a half hour later embarrassed, and because I, I was journaling. I says, Lord, I says, good grief, man. I fall asleep while I'm talking to you. He gently rocks me like he does in his presence. Guess what he said? He said, I'm just blessed that you're close enough to me that you can feel comfortable enough in my presence as a father that you can rest gently in my arms and sleep. Blew me away, man. Then I'm trying to go to sleep every time I talk because I think I have a formula now. Every time I go, I pray till I'm fatigued so my father, see, there are no formulas. It's called relationship. But this man told me, he says, try changing the subject. So I tried a couple different subjects that was heavy on my heart. But God didn't really want to talk about that. So I says, Father, what would you like to talk about? And he brought one of my children to mine. And I says, okay, let's talk about that. Boom, man. Away we went. And as we went, guess what we were doing with those other subjects? We were covering the, and I was just sitting there blown away as how it, simple it really is. If you're trying to get a breakthrough, if you're trying to get a breakthrough and you need a breakthrough and you're not breaking through, just stop. Say, Lord, what would you like to talk about? What's on your heart? Because as that man said, and I learned, uh, it was about five days ago, as I learned that if I will talk to him what's on his heart, then before I know it, he has my heart. And this man, and I believe it. See, we come, we come to God, and we're so narrow in our focus. But God sees all around our life. He sees not only this area you're concerned about. He sees, but this area is connected to this one. And this area is connected to this one over here. And this area is connected to this one. And when you ask your father, what would you like to talk about? And he begins to move. Guess what happens? You come into wholeness as a person because your father knows all about you. I'm telling you, that's as far as we're going to go today because I am fresh out of time. I didn't even preach my message, but it doesn't matter because I think God wanted us to hear this. Talk to your father. Ask him, what do you want to talk about? Those of you that need a healing touch, Healing touch. Inside, outside, doesn't matter. Lord, I need this, this, this. Heaven's closed. What would you like to say? See if that thing will open up and begin to take you to places you only dreamed of in your Father's presence. Because I want to tell you something. The crying need of the hour is for us believers to know, to know that we are loved. We, we, we don't know that. There is a bankruptcy in the church. We know it in theory. We know it because this book says it. I'm telling you, if you only know your love because you got it out of this book, you don't know anything about love. 
Because I want to tell you something. Love is a relationship. I can learn about love two ways. I can read about it in a book. And we fill our minds with romance novels and that crazy, nasty stuff on TV that they pass off as love. We can read about it. We can view all about it. But until you actually experience love, you don't know anything about it. This book is designed for one thing. What's the highest? I better be careful with that. Let me say it this way. This book is designed for one reason. Well, I'll say two, so I don't get myself in trouble. Let's go to the second reason first, because the first one's better. Second reason is to test anything that you think you're hearing. Because there's many voices going out into the world, John says. Many voices going out into the world. If you get something you think is from God, it's got to line up with this. This is, this is the hard copy. It always must line up with this. But the fundamental reason this book was written is to bring us into relationship with God. This book leads us into an encounter. This book leads us into an encounter. How many times have you been reading and nothing, all of a sudden a verse will open up and you'll go, oh my goodness, I never saw that before. This book just led you into an encounter. Into an encounter. That's what this book is designed to do. To lead you to an encounter. So when you need God, one time, one time I was dealing with depression. I had been involved in ministry against the demonic, which I don't do no more. I don't give the devil no time of day. I don't study him. I don't need to study him. I just say, Lord, boom, deal with the problem. Hallelujah. But I did, and I got sidetracked and waylaid by the enemy from focusing on him too much. And I went down 50 pounds in weight and thought I was dying. I went to all kinds of doctors, and they said, there's nothing wrong with you, man. There's nothing wrong with you. So I finally took this Bible, told my wife, I said, I'm going into my bedroom. And I said, I'm not coming out till I hear from God. This is six months that this thing had been going on. I went to my bedroom, I was in there for four hours. Now that's a long time to me. Maybe it ain't a long time to you, but a long time to me. Because I'm always jumping around. Scared of dying and leaving my family. And as I read this book, chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter, I finally come across one verse. I shall not die, but live and declare the word of the Lord. I'm telling you something. When I read that, I changed. I changed in here. I come out of that bedroom, walked in the kitchen where my wife was. She says, you must have got something, didn't you? Because my whole demeanor, that quick, that quick, when I read that verse, this immediately put me in contact with my father. And as I read that, he witnessed, witnessed back to me that, you know what, enough to be done this. We got work to do. We got a world to save. Let's go. And I fundamentally transformed, changed that quick that quick. You know what? You're only one second away from your breakthrough. You're only one minute away from a breakthrough. Find out what God is saying. Find out what your Father wants to do. Get a hold of Him and let's see what He can do for you. That was a father and daughter exchange that happened on that screen. Guess what? He wants to give you a father and daughter encounter just like that. A son and a father is exactly what he wants to do. Let's stand. 
Let's pray. Father, we never do this subject justice, God. No matter how much we say and how much we try to teach and and how much we read, Lord, there is just so much more to you. There's just so much more depth to you, Father. The Apostle Paul has told us that that I went to a place and I saw sights and wonders in the presence of, of God that I couldn't even begin to write down. Father, so glorious and high and lifted up is your presence. Lord, but I am thankful that even though you've told us that I that I am the awesome one from age to age. You have told us that we can have audience with you at any time. That you love when we come into your presence. That you are delighted and you delight over us as parents do with their children, God. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here today that this week and today would be a a life-changing encounter for them, God. That they, would, that they would know what it is to hear your voice. And when they're trying to get through and something isn't working, that you would woo your presence over them, God, and begin to speak with them. And they, they could know the things upon which your hearts rest. God, and you could begin to minister to us with the fullness of your presence, Father. God, help us tomorrow when we go throughout our work and our day and the rest of the day today that every moment in which we live, we will live with the consciousness that you love us and you are interested in every single detail of our life. You have told us, Jesus has told us, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come back. Father, your presence came. Your presence, your spirit is your presence in us and in this world. Father, help us to know that, I pray. Bless us now with a good week, God. Keep us safe. Keep us safe from harm. Be with those who have requests, God. Bless them, I pray. Bless the ministry of this church, God. Also, I would pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.